I'm going to talk uh, about a lot of great stuff that you're going to want to record. <laughs> Good. What, what kind of stuff are you? You're going to see. Don't oh. worry about it. You're going to see. Hi, my name is Nancy Hauer, and this is my number one, a show where I ask my friends what their number one healing modality is, and then I go try it. This week, I'm talking to Lennon Parham. Does this person have the cure to cancer? No. Like me, Lennon has been working in the comedy field for many years with a partner. We were probably in the our same pod together. Like, <laughs> she's like, there's a, a pod from life to life or whatever that you exist in. And anybody who has a writing partner knows it's like a marriage. Uh, so in past lives, we were husband and wife. And oh. before that, we were, you know, uh, who was the husband and tenant, <laughs> you know, me. I was you, the husband. I was the you husband. know for sure. <laughs> yes. For sure. And many times that relationship can be just as intimate as any love relationship that you might have. Your partner got sick. Yes. With cancer. She did. She was diagnosed with breast cancer. And that is definitely the case with Lennon Parham and her partner Jessica St. Clair. She, we definitely did a lot of weird things that she had Googled about to, mm. to like save her hair or um, she did acupuncture. That's not, not that that's a weird thing, but like, you know, so alternative medicine um, for, you know, the, dealing with the symptoms of chemo and that sort of thing. Yeah. And at the same time, they were show running, executive producing, writing, and starring in their own television show by day at night. They were trying to cure cancer. Jess gave me a gift certificate to see her. Yeah. And I was like, um, yeah, no, that's like, <laughs> what? And as anyone who's ever dealt with cancer before knows, it doesn't just affect the person who has the cancer. I'm a, I'm a logical person. Like, I'm not going to do that. That's crazy. Everyone is affected and could use a little healing. So this, the woman, um, that, uh, that I w will talk to you about. Her name is Heidi Rose Robbins. And Heidi Rose Robbins turned out to be Lennon Parham's number one healing experience. She's an astrologer. She's a poet. She's She leads women's retreats. She does now a podcast called The Radiance Project, uh, which I've done an episode of. An astrologer and a poet? Yeah, she's she's sort of like I think in another time would have been a healer. But this she, is just the language that she uses to to help people find out what they need. I mean, everybody knows a little bit about astrology, and not all of it is good. Frankly, I don't think sticking it next to the comic section in the newspaper helps, but I wasn't exactly sure what an astrologer does. Okay. She uses signs and uh, your the position of when you were born perfect to tell you what's going on in your life. I know there's a ton of math involved. I know it has to do with suns and moons, and I don't understand why that would affect my personality. So she tells you your sun sign, which is the one that, that you know, oh, if I'm born in these dates, that's what you are. And then there's also your rising. rising and your moon. So your rising is sort of the thing that you will be striving for for your entire life. Okay. Um, and the moon is sort of like what your heart is. I asked Lennon why Heidi had such a big impact on her. I, I wanted her to tell me if it was okay if I got pregnant while Jess was sick. Because I did not think 
I was allowed to have that joy. Wow. Had you was had you had a child yet? I yes. Okay. Uh yes. You'd had one. I had one. Okay. Um and I was turning 40 and was feeling I'm an only child so it was like oh. it was surprising to me that I wanted another one, but I'd been kind of thinking about it for a long time even before just got sick. So of course she said, "Yes, you should be she said, this is not the way you take care of your friend yeah. by preventing your own happiness. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You don't put that on hold. You need to do this for yourself and your own family. Right. Um, and it was hard. Yeah. And when I talked to Jess about it, she was like, nothing would make me happier than of course. for you to be pregnant right now. Yeah. But it's also really hard. Yeah. <laughs> it's, I mean, complicated. Yeah. So she gave Lennon some really great counsel, but I couldn't figure out how that really relates to astrology. What is the point? You know, what do you want me to walk away? What should I be walking away with? And how does, I need to know, how does this information empower me? And after talking to Frangela, another comedy team, I realized that I wasn't alone. Like, if I'm in the middle of a conversation with somebody, no matter how much I, and I, there's a new person mm-hmm. to me, no matter how much I'm liking or enjoying them, the second they go, I know, typical Virgo, I'm out. I, I fundamentally lose respect for people who believe in astrology that way. And it, to me, I would like it more to be like the chiropractors who I don't trust either. Right. But I'm going to be honest. I needed a kind of lo-fi experience after the last three. So... I was kind of welcoming, just kind of a normal talk about astrology. I love this because, like, it means she's not going to do something supernatural and bring ghosts into my life. No. um, She'll probably, though, tell you why it's happening now. Okay. In your life. Yeah. But as I did my research on Heidi Rose Robbins, I came upon her podcast called The Radiance Project. Hi friends. So sometimes astrology can get very complex and it's been my desire of late to simplify. And I noticed that she talks almost as much about poetry as she does about astrology. I can no longer be contained because I am breathing now all the way down to the belly of who I am. And I am tired of constraint, of holding myself back, tied up, tied down, wrapped in doubt, retraction, contraction, subtraction. I am pacing like a pregnant rhino and I have been pregnant for too long. And I'm gonna be honest, I don't quite get poetry either. And I feel the same way about astrology that I do about poetry. Oh, which is, wait a minute. (laughs) Which is, it's nice, it's nice, I like to hear it, but why? And while Frances, my Torian sister, agreed with me, Angela felt very differently. I mean, I love poetry. He does. And I just think that you are robbing yourselves of beauty. Well, we are not sensitive like you are, clearly, <laughs> Angela. Why, why is poetry so life-changing for you and not as Like, if I said, hey, let me quote a little Sylvia Plath to you, you wouldn't be like, Nancy's an idiot. No, because that's literature. 
and it's um, in the canon. I would think that maybe you were suicidal. That's a really interesting choice of poet. But even though I wasn't all that into astrology or poetry, I was ready to give it a try, except for one problem. What if you don't know what time you were born? Um, she can do like a guesstimate, like if you know, like a guesstimate, but it's better if you know, like if you can look at your birth certificate. Which may sound like a really easy thing to do, but not in my family. Somehow, I never received a birth certificate or a social security card. So I asked the one person who might know, my mother. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I looked everywhere. I, looked where I keep all my papers. Yeah, fine. She is absolutely certain that she sent all of our birth certificates to us at some point. But I remember it quite differently. We were like, oh, let's not send it in the mail. <laughs> and I said, what time was I born? And you said 9.05. Well, I said 9.05, it was 9.05. But you thought it was later. Yeah, I did. Well, it could, it was daylight, that much I know. It was daylight. I mean, that should be good enough, right? One thing she did remember was how much weight she gained and being thrown in the back of a station wagon by my dad, who's got a flair for the dramatic. I came out, he brought me to the door, then he took the station wagon, he backed up over the lawn, over the sidewalk, everything. Right up to the door. But all of this information is really unimportant when it comes to astrology. I just need to know the time. She'll talk about what's been happening and also what's going to happen. So, um, or what's coming for you. You ask, I'm worried about this, I'm thinking about this. Sometimes she gives you permission to do something that you wanted, that you just needed someone to say, yes, this is a good idea, or now is the time. Okay. In any case, I decided to write Heidi Rose Robbins and tell her the date and time that I thought I was born at and the location. And in the meantime, I wrote to my hometown where I was born and I asked for my birth certificate. If that's all I get out of this reading, it's still a win. You know, I'll tell you when I'm telling you things that could be uh, changed based on the time. Unfortunately, the birth certificate did not show up in time, so we just went with what my mom told me. You know, if it's completely like 12 hours off, a lot can Yeah, it's not that different. (laughs) I'm sure it's sometime that morning. Okay. I just don't know if it's 9.05 or 9.25 or 11. Okay. Okay. Well, we'll we'll start with this. Okay. And it started with kind of a basic astrology lesson. Most of us know one position in our charts, and that is, if I said, what sign are you, you'd say, I'm a Taurus. Mm -hmm. So that's the sun in Taurus. Okay. But you have a lot of Taurus. You don't only have the sun in Taurus, you have Mars in Taurus, Mercury in Taurus, and this is called the north node of the moon. So just to say, you have a lot of Taurus. Okay. The only thing I know about Taurus is we love to eat, we like a nice home, and we're extremely stubborn. It's the Taurus that can sit and watch the sun set fully, you know? It's the Taurus that moves at a pace that is organic and rhythmic. My first impression of Heidi was she talks like a poet. You know, Buddha was Taurus, so it's like a a Taurus will sit for enlightenment. Yes. Whereas another sign like Sagittarius might like travel the world for enlightenment. Mm -hmm. 
There was something about Heidi that was incredibly familiar to me. And I soon found out that she also came from New Jersey, which, you know, if you know Jersey girls, are just like a certain thing about them. In fact, I've rarely met a Jersey girl that I didn't like. But I want to start with really the most important position. And even just based on what you just said, I feel a little bit better about this time of birth. Um, because the rising sign is like our soul's calling and it's, it's why we're here. And this is the sign that was at the horizon the moment that you were born. Mm. It was what was rising. So it's what's rising in you. Okay. Or what is ascending in you. It's also called the ascendant. Okay. So in the astrology that I practice, this position is the most important position. Mm -hmm. And according to this time, you have cancer rising. And as she started to paint the picture, I thought, it seemed much more accurate than anything I had read about my sign in the past. Maybe because it adds in all these other elements. So, but Cancer Rising is all, it's totally intuitive. It oh, is wow. the great intuitive. And it also, there's this beautiful phrase for Cancer that says, I build a lighted house and therein dwell. And just before I went to go see Heidi, my friend Anne said, oh, you better ask her about Uranus. Uranus? I don't know how to say that. Yeah. What's interesting, and I'll just plant this seed, is that the planet Uranus. <laughs> um, I don't think it's possible to say that word without laughing. Takes 84 years to go around a chart. Mm -hmm. Just last year, it moved into the sign of Taurus. Right. So for the only time in your life, it moved into the sign of Taurus. Wow. It hasn't hit anything in Taurus yet in your chart, uh -huh. but this year it's going to. So what does it mean when Uranus or Uranus comes into your sign? Oh so it's waking you up. It, yeah. It's already begun. That's how I feel. Yes. yes. Total waking up, shaking up, reinvention. Yeah. You know, Taurus likes its rhythms and it likes its comforts. Yes. And it likes it to be satiated. And yeah. Uranus is like... Right. It's like lightning bolt. That's how I feel. And it's like, you gotta maybe, you're gotta you going to be a little bit uncomfortable maybe, but you're also going to have these stellar insights and you're going to also feel alive. I can just imagine Angela listening to this right now and being like, ugh. It's going to be a very interesting next seven years for you. Okay. Because it's all Uranus. I mean, that's why your friend said, ask about it, because <laughs> yeah. it really is a life-changing, awakening, stimulating um, reinvention time. And as I was watching her weave through all these rising and falling and moon and sun signs, it was kind of like listening to a great jazz musician. So first, let's just say the moon is our past, the sun is our present, and the rising sign is what we're cultivating. Mm -hmm. So the moon has a lot to do with our emotional life. It has a lot to do with our instinctual go-to energy. So it's interesting, even though you're calling in this cancer energy that's very vulnerable and feeling, your moon is an Aquarius which can totally detach. Mm -hmm. Like, it can just go, oh, here's the crisis. And while I didn't understand a lot of the terminology, I could definitely identify with the story she was telling. So, in, interestingly, the detaching is innate, but you're here for the quivering vulnerability. <laughs> Which is awful. Can we flip that around? <laughs> no, because because the, you're here to stand in that until it doesn't feel awful. Yeah. And then you're here to totally give it. 
and I won't bore you with every north node and eighth house and Saturn sign that she gave me, because it's a little like listening to someone else's dream. It's not that interesting unless it's about you. However, for those of you who listened to the last podcast, one topic did come up again. But also interestingly, relationship, because, (laughs) well, I will say, this is the house that rules marriage and partnership. No update on that yet. However, a couple of the English psychics predictions from last week have already come true. So you never know. And somewhere near the end of the session, Heidi told me a story that didn't quite make sense to me at the time. I used to work with this woman in London. It was one of these magic things where I went to London to study theater when I was in college. And instead it became this year of studying with this amazing color healer who was 80 years old at the time. And she was doing amazing work with autistic children. Mm -hmm. And the doctors were like, what are you doing? And so I just worked in this healing center and it was unbelievable. And I remember her, I remember finding this, my, my father's friend had said, said, you know, look for this woman. I'd put it in my jeans pocket and I was at a pub and I reached in my pocket, there it was, and I was like. And I thought she was just telling me an interesting story about how she became a healer. But then the story took a little bit of a turn. She worked with Kate Bush um, and then Kate Bush wrote a song called Lily about her and she talked with her about creating a wheel of fire around her uh-huh. so that wherever she went in, whatever darkness she entered beforehand, she had set the, the intention that she was protected. For some reason, the story Heidi told me stuck in my head when I got home. For months, I had talked to different healers about how to stop feeling so blown open and vulnerable and getting advice on how to protect myself and not really understanding the solutions I was being given. This just seemed like another piece of advice that I wouldn't understand, but I decided to look up Kate Bush's song and just listen. At first, the music seemed almost demonic. Come here, child. The song made the hair on my arms stand up. You are under the spell of the red shoes, but you are not helpless. I'm scared, Mummy. There is no need for you to be scared. Can the spell be broken? Of course it can. You must sing back the symbols. The first one being your part. You are going to need protection on your journey, but your four angels will guard you and protect you. And I also... Yeah, she's powerful. She starts out by saying the Gayatri, O thou who givest sustenance to the universe, from whom all things proceed, to whom all things return. Unveil to us the face of the true spiritual sun, hidden by a disk of golden light that we may know the truth and do our whole duty as we journey to thy sacred... And then it turned into this totally 80s rock song. Well, I said, Lily, oh, 
strangely affected by this weird song. So much so that I went back and listened to it again. And I listened to the song over and over again, and somehow it felt healing for me. It seemed to capture exactly how I'd been feeling. And it kind of reminded me a little bit of one of my favorite novels growing up by Ursula Le Guin called A Wizard of Earthsea, where this young wizard gets into a magical duel and releases a shadow creature that attacks him. And somewhere in the novel, I remember, they explain that knowing the true word for something gives you power over it. And that's exactly what Heidi did for me. One of the vulnerabilities of cancer is that it's just like, it does, if it's open, this is the most tender part of us. And we're like, <gasps> yeah, you know, when we take it all in yes. and then we don't know what to do with it. And Heidi Rose Robbins is a little like the Wizard of Earthsea, who uses poetry and astrology to name exactly who I am and give me some power over it. For me, it helped me deal with grief. And what I've come to see is that like, that when you look at poetry, we will, you'll end up, you end up in closer kinship with people because we'll all end up sort of in the same place at some point. And then I realized, I actually love poetry. I just prefer it set to music. Again, like Angela said, I think people want a level of magic in their lives. They want a, a level of, there's gotta be something bigger and grander at work within this, this, this personhood of myself. If you go into a situation where you're like, this is not for me, yeah. and this is not at the level that I want to work. Mm -hmm. You can go in with protection, with you know, yeah. and discernment. So I, so the first session was like that, right? Yeah. Was her... Uh, you had more than one. I, I've gone back, yes. I go back when I need, when I need it. Uh, I have to put, like, boundaries around how I care for people mm -hmm. and how I listen to suffering in the world because it will overwhelm me. Mm -hmm. um, you seem overwhelmed, right? What were you thinking of just in that moment? The world. <laughs> <laughs> just the world. everything. You just took it all in. The world. Specifically like uh, that was like family a full... separation. I went there. I went to the wall. I went to the border. Okay. A few days later, my birth certificate showed up in the mail. And my time of birth was 9.36. I don't know where I got 9.05. But fortunately, I talked to Heidi and she says, all is good, the planets apparently had not shifted yet. So it still stands. My name is Nancy Hauer, and this is my number one. Thank you, Lennon Parham, for an awesome number one and putting up with the delivery of my chairs as we were doing this interview. Oh my God. <laughs> no, stop it. Stop it. How many chairs did you order? I just ordered six. Six. So this is the third one. There's going to be three more, I bet. No. Maybe they're two each. Twos and twos and twos. I hope so. And Jessica St. Clair for gifting her Heidi in the first place. And on a side note, 
she's doing just fine. And thank you, Heidi Rose Robbins, for showing me the intersection between astrology and poetry and reminding me how powerful that is. I like to think of these like telephone wires. Mm. So like how how is the planet Uranus talking to your sun? How is the planet Pluto talking to your sun? Mm. You know, in this case, it's having a very harmonious conversation. And so all of these have something to say. Mm, you I know? love it. And Frangela for helping me sort that out. So to me, language is one of the few things that we have that crosses the boundaries of time. That, that you can read something today that was written 200 years ago and feel it and have it make sense to you. And that's incredible to me. You and I are Tauruses and I feel that I fully present Taurus. Me too. Do you think you, do you think that of each other? Yes. <laughs> On a side note, Francis's daughter just got into a poetry slam competition, which I cannot wait to attend with her. And finally, thank you, Kate Bush. And of course, a special thanks to my mother for having me in the first place. Okay, so I but just you popped out. Right. I mean, literally popped out. If you like the podcast, please rate on iTunes and write me at Instagram at my number one podcast. For more information about Heidi Rose Robbins, please see the notes in the bio and enter at your own risk.